You're listening to Real Faith Radio, presented by Praise Chapel, Las Vegas. This is where real faith meets real change. Be sure to listen to us through Apple Podcasts, Google Play Music, SoundCloud, and Spotify. Follow us on your favorite service to get instant notifications when new episodes are available to download or stream. You can also check us out on social media at PC Las Vegas and visit our website, PraiseChapelLasVegas.com to find out more about what PCLV is all about. With that being said, listen up, because here comes the word. Now, first of all, why'd you put me up here after Sister Charlene got up here? <laughs> like, what, I, what am I going to say, right? You know, the Bible declares that we, over, we overcome. <laughs> Get out! You a punk, like, <laughs> yeah, I, I, I ain't mad at you, you know, but, you know, uh, Pastor Abraham spoke about that. He said that many of us were tough in the world, amen, but when we got in here, we became soft, uh, and so, you know, I'm just happy to know that somebody uh, still is on the front lines for Jesus, amen, amen, hallelujah. Give God some praise this week, Now, let's just get right to it. I know all of y'all are hungry that fasted. I know y'all thinking about that next meal you got. I promise it's not going to be long tonight. But um, Sister Charlene, you ushered in kind of what I wanted to talk about tonight, really about spiritual warfare. Um, when we, when, first of all, let, can we just give uh, honor to God who is the author and finisher of our faith? Uh, amen. I also want to shout out our pastors who work tirely, tirelessly. Uh, every every day that, that the doors are open, and even when the doors are not open, uh, they are constantly uh, advocating for us through prayer and also when we need them. Uh, and so uh, just give God some praise for Pastor Art and Maria this evening. Hallelujah. We are yet coming up on another conference, uh, the Well Conference, and God is going to move. I believe that what happened on Sunday uh, was a prelude to what is going to happen uh, next month. Amen. And so if you have not decided yet, if you are coming, uh, I urge you, I beseech you to make sure that you are there. Uh, because I have, I, can I just tell, tell them myself, a long time ago I, I was at a, a conference in a, in a, in a ballroom and, and I remember the spirit broke out in there. And I'm talking about they turned over tables and chairs and everything. I don't know how much of the spirit that really was. Amen. But, but, it, but God was in the place. And so I'm just having that type of expectation that God will do any and everything. And so my hope is, my prayer is for each and every one of us that we will find a way there. Amen? I, I'm, I don't really know about anything about Eastside Cannery other than, you know, it's just on the east side, right? <laughs> but, uh, but amen, uh, I, I, will, I will be there as best as I can with bells on with my, with my family. Amen? Um, I want to talk a little bit about spiritual warfare. You ushered that in this evening. Uh, you, you know, the thing about spiritual warfare, I, I, I'm going to be as transparent as I can tonight. Uh, about a year and a half ago, Pastor Maria and I and some other people, I think Miranda were there, we were talking about uh, spiritual warfare. Uh, spiritual warfare, when we really, when we, when we really look at it, uh, is, is something that, in my opinion, um, and I'm speaking just from my own I statement here, that uh, is, is, is really gone away from the church. Uh, we we have we still have prayer warriors who are on the front lines, uh, but but for all intents and purposes, we have a mass amount of people now just coming to church, just going through the motions, and just going by, right? Uh, but there are there is a remnant in the church that are still uh, believing God and really fighting the good fight. 
and so I want to talk a little bit about that tonight, um, but not in the way that you would think. You know, there, there are different ways to fight. Uh, but how, how many know that sometimes uh, it's not always about the weapon that you have, but, but the eyes with what you can see, right? Uh, one of the greatest weapons that we can have uh, in, in really in warfare is to be observant, is to be observant. So I want to teach. Can I just teach tonight? I just want to teach tonight. It ain't going to be nothing. Ah, none of that. Amen. Amen. We're going we gonna to hit the word, folks, and then we're going to get on out of here. Amen. Or we're going to do what the Spirit says ultimately. But uh, our, our text is coming out of 1 Peter 5, 8 and 9. That's 1 Peter 5, 8 and 9. In case you may not know where that is, that in the New Testament, that's 1 Peter 5, 8 and 9. Thank you for that corgi. Uh, with the on the surfboard, Brandon, you're you're my dude, man. That's my little bro over there, man. He always hooks me up. That's First Peter five, eight and nine. <laughs> amen. When you get there, just say amen. All right. It's only two. It's only two little scriptures here, but it's important. It's First Peter five, eight and nine, and it reads as such: Be alert and of sober mind. Your enemy, the devil prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. Somebody say devour. Uh, resist him standing firm in the faith uh, because you know that the family of believers, he's talking about us, Peter's talking about us, church, throughout the world is undergoing the same kind of sufferings, which means you ain't the only one going through. Come on, church, let us pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for this moment. Lord, first of all, I ask that you would remove me from this circumstance and this situation. Lord, that you would come in here, that you would take residence over everything in this house. If there's something in here that is not like you, we evict it in the name of Jesus. We ask that you would saturate this place with your blood, that your prophetic anointing would reign through this place like never before. We thank you in advance for the people that are going to be healed, set free, and delivered. Lord, there may only be a few people here tonight, but God, you can still do mighty things. In the precious and mighty name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen. Come on, church. I just got one thing to say to you tonight. Be still and watch. Be still and watch. Amen. You know, uh, there is one thing that I am certain of now more than ever, church, uh, and that is the world has ants in their pants uh, when dealing with turbulent situations. Uh, and, and, and what I mean by that, church, is that our society, uh, our community, uh, has become incredibly reactionary to problems or some form of challenging circumstances in the world. Uh, a few months ago, or a few weeks ago, rather, I shared in a sermon that people tend to flinch uh, when there is trouble. Uh, it is difficult to stand still uh, when we believe trouble is coming. Uh, but my question tonight is, how do we react when we can actually see the trouble coming? Yeah, see, uh, because let's tell the truth to one another, church. Uh, there is a lot of chaos to look at nowadays. Uh, you turn on the television uh, or on social media and you'll see that souls have been lost because a demon has possessed someone to the point that they can pick up a gun and kill indiscriminately. Uh, it used to be that people with drug and alcohol problems would hide because they were ashamed of their addiction. Now we have people taking selfies 
of one another who have overdosed. Uh, what wretched people we truly are. Uh, we live in a world star generation where society mocks the victim of violence just to get a few likes on social media. Uh, yeah, it seems that we have become desensitized uh, by what we see every day. Uh, and yet, if you would talk to a clinical psychologist, uh, they would tell you, amen, that not only are people numb to what they see, but they are incredibly traumatized to the point that they may never recover. Uh, it takes a certain kind of person to stand firm, church, in the midst of trauma these days. But get this, if we are going to survive and overcome, uh, we are going to have to take on a warrior's mentality. Uh, you see, God is looking for some folks in here tonight and everywhere who can be still and watch because others are walking about blindly like cattle waiting to be slaughtered. Uh, yeah, see, I want you to get this tonight, church. Uh, that's why Jesus told his disciples in the text, behold, I am sending you out as sheep amidst the wolves. Uh, our, our world is constantly changing. We know this and is becoming more volatile. And yet we are still given a command by God uh, to be still no matter what is going on. And that's difficult for many people, church. We are asked to be still and watch for trouble. That's the same, get this, as standing still in a horror movie and not running even though you can see the axe murderer coming. Some of y'all watched some good horror flicks in your life. Uh, the enemy of our soul, though, is like Jason Voorhees in Friday the 13th movies, and he will always be after us until the Lord comes back. I'm here as a witness, though, church, and I want you to hear me tonight, uh, this evening, to let us know that it is going to take some courage in the Lord in order for us to be still. But it starts like this. It starts with watching and being alert. Because uh, get this, we are not only watching for us, but for those who can't necessarily watch for themselves. Uh, we need to watch for our children. We need to watch for our spouses. We need to watch for our nation now. Uh, we need to watch for the tattoo parlor next door that smells like weed. Uh, we need to watch for our friends that come here on Sundays that are a part of sober living housing. Uh, yeah, you see, we need to watch for the broken. We need to watch for those that are dealing with racist things. We need to watch to cast out addiction. Uh, we need to watch for the miseducation that is being passed off as salvation. Uh, we need to watch, church, because get this, somebody's life depends on it. Yeah, see, God wants to know if you're willing to watch. It's difficult just to sit and watch. But be still for a moment and listen tonight because the world is loud with sin. Nothing is left to the imagination anymore. And Peter reminds us that Satan comes to us when we are at our weakest. So you could walk out of here right now and somebody say something to you and you don't like it and your very nature change. It's like a roaring lion. But the text says in verse 8, be alert and of sober mind. It's not talking about you not necessarily being high or drunk. It's not talking about that. Sober, in this particular instance, means someone who is clear-headed, who knows, who can see what is going on. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. Uh, he is sounding, Peter is sounding 
the alarm because a predator is in the midst. Peter is reminding us, church, listen, that distraction can be deadly. It can be deadly to his church. He uses the image of a lion because the lion's very nature is to perform three things. And I want you to get this. Before he kills you, he performs three things. It seeks, it stalks, and it strikes. It seeks, it stalks, and it strikes. You see, get this. When a lion has its eyes fixated on its prey, it is assessing what it's trying to kill. It's studying you. It's studying its prey. Do not think for one minute that Satan has not studied you. He hates you because you have something that he does not, which is salvation. Uh, we have authority over him, like you said, Sister Charlene. Uh, so his primary objective is to catch us off guard and kill us. Come on, somebody. You see, everyone believes that a lion's greatest weapon is its strength or ferocity. But no, see, that's not what it is. Listen, a lion's greatest weapon is that he is patient. He is patient. He studies his prey to soak up his weak spots, waiting for the chance to kill. But get this. This is how we are different from the animals in Africa. That's why I wanted to teach tonight, see. Uh, the animals in Africa are watching for the lion. They've constantly, when, they, when they've got their, their heads down at the, at the watering hole like this, and their eyes are as big as bugs, they're watching for the lion. But get this, we as humans, we walk toward our predator. We walk toward the addiction. We walk toward the backbiting. We walk toward the pornography. Uh, we walk toward the dope man. Uh, we walk toward dead-end jobs. We walk toward the racist comments. We walk toward what people say about us. And all the while, our enemy never has to leave his position. He's right there in the weeds looking for us. Because he knows, I want you to hear me, he knows that many of us will go right to him. I'm going to give you an example. When I was in high school, there was a guy I was friends with by the name of Demille Robinson. And Demille, he, he was a drug dealer. And Demille was, he, he was, to be young, he was 16 years old, had a brand new car. He, didn't have a, had a, he was one of those guys that didn't even have a license. But he drove a brand new Jetta with rims on it and, and stereo equipment. And I'll never forget this. He decided that he wanted to drop out of school and go to North Carolina to sell drugs. And somebody that was in church in high school told him, if you go there, you'll never come home. And what do you think happened to him when he got to North Carolina? Somebody murdered him. Can I tell you something? His predator didn't have to come to him. He went right to the predator. And that's what we do. A lot of times that's what we do. Can I tell you something? Someone once told me in the beginning, sin won't ask you for very much. But if you're not careful, in the end, it'll take everything you got. That's what happens to people. The enemy is always stalking. It doesn't matter how far we go. We can go to North Carolina. We can go to Africa. We can go right down the road. We can go to Aliante. No matter what we are trying to run from or run to, our enemy will track us to the end of the earth because he is bloodthirsty. He is stalking his prey because he takes pride in the hunt. Your enemy of your soul takes pride in your destruction. 
every day. It's quiet. But here's the question I want to ask. Are we watching? Are we watching or are we distracted? Are we still enough to see what is coming or are we distracted? I say this often, and I, and I hope many of you that have heard me preach before have heard me say this. The greatest weapon that the enemy has in destroying the people of God's destiny is to present distraction, Pastor Art. How many times have you seen someone be, be pulled out by distraction? Your predator is banking on you, making a mistake so he can strike. That's what an effective stalker does. How many of you ever watched a good movie, a thriller? A good stalker, boy, he's, he's organized, right? Don't nobody, maybe somebody in here was a stalker. I don't know. Let me, let me move on. <laughs> it's quiet. They watch every move you make. The stalker does. And they wait until they see you at your most vulnerable. And then they strike. You see, Peter is telling the people of God this because they are a part of the early church. They are on the front lines. He knew the world, particularly people, with power, those clerics, those politicians were watching and listening about this Jesus movement. And the disciples, many of them would pay with their lives, amen, because of persecution. Peter was trying to prepare us for what was inevitable because our enemy is not only in plain sight, but he is also hidden. Your enemy is in plain sight and is hidden. You see, that's the genius of lions hunting on the plains of the Serengeti in Africa. Have you ever seen them? You watch a good Discovery Channel movie or, or show? It can be high noon and their prey can't see them. I'm talking about it can be light like this and they can be sitting off in the cut over there and they can't even see them. And the next thing you know, they're gone. The enemy is often right in front of us, church. And we are caught in his glare and many times we don't even know it. More time than not, it's too late. You know, when I lived in the Philippines, um, I, I remember that I, I, was, I was walking home one, one night. Um, I, I'd been out with friends, and, and we were just having a good time. We were at, we were at McDonald's, and, and I just met him over there, and I said, you know what, I'm going to my, my, my place where I was living. Now, at the time where I was living, it was back behind, like, you know, in, it's like an alleyway. So, like, what you think of, like, poverty here, like, I lived in that over there. And so you really did, you, like, where I lived was, like, behind, like, some buildings. Like, I'd have to run from some wild dogs, all that type of stuff, right? Every, pretty much every night, you know. And people, I, I obviously stood out because people knew I wasn't from there. So one, one day I decided that I wanted to, you know, I, I wanted to just, you know, uh, be social. So I, I was just talking to someone, and, and this person knew where I lived, and I had never spoke to him before. They knew where I lived. They had every bit of information on me. So I found myself doing like this, looking through my window, right? <laughs> because I didn't know what they was going to do. Your enemy is yearning to strike. But Peter tells the people of God in verse 9, resist him standing firm in the faith uh, because you know that the family of believers, amen, throughout the world is undergoing the same kind of sufferings. Uh, I love what elephants do to protect their vulnerable in, in, in the wild when they know they're being hunted. Uh, they create a wall and they, and they stand their ground against the lion. It looks like a, a literal wall and it'll just be nothing but elephants and their, and their children will be behind them so that they can protect them from the predator. It takes all of them though uh, because a lion won't always hunt alone. They often bring reinforcements. 
Church, we need to understand that regardless of what the enemy brings, we have to stand together. Because let me tell you, sometimes he doesn't come alone. Sometimes he brings every demon, every imp, every troll, whatever y'all watch on Lord of the Rings, whatever that is, he brings all of that and then some. The kitchen sink so he can destroy you. But the question is, are we as a body of believers together or are we divided? Are we together or are we divided? Now I'm going to ask a question. When's the last time you just called somebody up and said, hey, I just want you to know that I'm praying for you? Ooh. In the name of Jesus. <laughs> That's why the Bible says where two or three are gathered in his name, church, there he be in the midst. Church, the same afflictions that you believe you're going through right here on Pecos and Tropicana, can I tell you something? It's going on in Africa, it's going on in East LA, in downtown Vegas, and in Columbus, Ohio. It's going on everywhere. But can I tell you something? Our enemy has a passport and is willing to go to the ends of the earth to seek, to stalk, and to strike. And we've been given something, a powerful weapon, to deal with the enemy, and that's prayer. When was the last time we said we was going to come together just to pray? Huh? When was the last time you knew something was going on in the life of somebody and you said, you know what, man, I'm not only going to bring you dinner, but I'm going to come over and pray for you. Let's, let's anoint your house. When was the last time we just put some money in somebody's hand? It's quiet. Church, what are we prepared to do? I'm done. Y'all can come too. Oh, y'all thought I was playing. I'm not. Yeah, you can hit the lights. <laughs> will we stand firm or will we get caught slipping? I, I want you to hear me real quick. I know we got people coming. I'm from Ohio. And so it's common to see, it's commonplace to see deer all over. White-tailed deer as they call them. But here's what's interesting about baby deer. Baby deer, when they're born, they have a protective coating on them. And you know why that protective coating is there? That protective coating is to protect them from the predators that are around. So often, they can hide in plain sight. Their predator can be around. They can be within a 100 or 200 yards and not see them. But they have a protective coating. And they're just newly born. Church, can I tell you something? From the time you are newly born, you have a protective coating. God placed the blood over your life.